This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. That's right. It's, it's the first place Score North Twin Show. I feel like we should bring that branding back from a few years ago. Despite an absurd and, I wouldn't say devastating loss, but just like a dumb loss to the Guardians. Twins are still in first place. They're five games up. The Guardians are going to lay down at some point, I would think. But, you know, you still have a month to play here, so... So we'll see. Um, so full disclosure, we are recording this episode before the waiver wire will clear on Thursday. We will do, if the Twins get players, we will react to that later, probably Friday. Um, so if there is news on that front, if they get Angels players, that the Angels have just put out there, we will do an episode about that. But you guys have seen this Carlos Correa stuff, right? The last two or three days, the booing. Like, have you guys, how much booing have you heard when you've been? I haven't heard a ton, I guess, but sounds like there was more booing this week of Carlos Correa. Definitely early. Judd and I were, was it opening day, Judd? Yeah, it was opening day. They booed him. We were there, and he came up with guys on second and third multiple times. He had a, I mean, it was opening day. It's one game, right? But he was being booed because that was an extra inning game, I believe, too. That was a walk-off win, and he was booed twice on opening day. And outside, I've only been, I've only covered just a handful and only been doing it as a fan a few times, but there's, there's definitely some boo birds that happen with them. There was definitely, the last two days has been the loudest because, but he also has grounded into, I think, three double plays over a couple of days or so. And he's at, I think he's at a big league high 27 or 28 right now. And so I think the, the propensity to ground into, double plays while trying to play through plantar fasciitis has annoyed the fan base based on his salary. He is, uh, I just looked this up this morning. So he's actually, he's flirting with the all time single season double play record. In fact, can you guys, can you guys, maybe Declan's already looked this up, but I had, um, but he's at, he's at what, 28, which is tied with Ploof and uh Killebrew. Ploof had 28. Yep. He's tied with Ploof right now. Wow. Um, Ploof Ploof and Killebrew Killebrew hold the record. Um, with Correa but, now tied. I'm going to guess so, the so, record is 35. It's 36. Ooh. And actually, it's, uh, the only two guys have, well, only one guy has ever had more than 32, and it's the same guy twice. Pujols? Pujols is high on the list. Pujols well, couldn't run. I think once had 20, 29 of them. Yeah, I think he has the most career. That makes sense. He's played long enough. Yeah. Right. Well, like the right-handed mm-hmm. power guys. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't run for the last, what, five years of his career. He's basically a statue. 
so he's so he's eight away from the all-time single season record with a month to go. If he can do basically two per week, he can set the major league record all time. Judd, this is a player more from your wheelhouse that Declan may or may not have heard of from the seventies and eighties. Greg Luzinski? Mm-hmm. Nope. The Bull. Um He played with one team his whole career, the Boston Red Sox. Oh wow. He led the major leagues in double plays grounded into in four straight seasons in his prime, in which he also finished Yastrzemski? top five MVP voting a couple of times. Yastrzemski? Nope. Jim yes. Rice. Jim, oh, Jim Rice. Rice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In consecutive years, he had 29, 31, 36, and 35 ground into double plays. All right. Yeah. 315 for his career. Hell of a player. And that's usually what it is. Like this list is full of Cal Ripken, Miguel Tejada, Matt Holiday, Ivan Rodriguez, you know, there's some duds in here, but like Dave Winfield, Carl Yastrzemski, yep. it happens with right-handed hitters. But I guess my question to you guys is, does Carlos Correa deserve to be booed? So he was quoted in The Athletic a couple days ago saying, the plantar fasciitis, definitely still a major problem. Quote, every step is a struggle. It's not easy to deal with. Out of all the things I've played with in my career, there's nothing more painful than what I've been through this year, but I'm pushing through it. If it had been if, if it had been a free agent year, I probably would have sat out to let it heal <laughs> to put up better numbers. So last year, yeah. Yeah. But I'm here to help the team win games. Just my presence, I feel I need to be out there. So now that you have a little more information, what do you what do you make of this? Does he does he deserve to be booed by twins fans for having the worst season of his career? Well, one, I I don't mind when fans boo because it means that they actually care. Like, it, to me, I'd far prefer boos to, you know, just basically showing up being drunk and not caring. Um, the other thing is when it comes to Correa with what he makes, I understand the frustration. And I am loath to tell fans what they should do as far as that, right? Like, you shouldn't boo. You don't know. You paid to get in. And if you want to boo especially a high-priced player who, in your mind, is not producing, then I'm not going to say, well, you know, how dare you, how dare you boo? Now, I will say this. For a guy with plantar fasciitis, I, um, Carlos Correa has had a marvelous year at shortstop. Like, uh, it's easy to, because he's so good there, it's easy to take for granted how many plays this dude makes. And, I mean, he makes plays that Polanco threw the ball, you know, basically above first base in the stands, he makes those plays routinely. Mm-hmm. He he still gets to a ton of baseballs. So he's pay, I definitely would like to see more consistency, and he should be more productive at the plate than he has been. But the shortstop point to me is very important because we've all seen what a bad shortstop can do to undermine a team. But I don't like telling fans you can't boo. I think that's a bunch of hogwash, and I don't think that we are. I think we're here to help, you know, inform and give takes, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know that we're here to chastise fans who pay a lot to go to games and buy beers and hot dogs. I don't know that it's our role to say, you know, to defend the player and team. How dare you? I, I, that, to me, it rubs me the wrong way. It's very bizarre, and and this is not just a Korea thing. This This honestly goes back to... I mean, like local broadcasters and other radio people saying if the Wild fans boo them and, and a first-round exit, don't come back or don't support your team. It, it's a weird bravado to protect over a franchises that love to just be there in the dance, but then once the fan base wants just a little bit more, it's, well, you should be thankful for what you have right now. And I have no idea where really this comes from. And to me, it's really crazy. Like, uh, 
there's a the, the epic uh, Aaron Eckhart quote in Batman of either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Um, and for whatever reason, with superstars here, there's high expectations. And then when fans start to turn on them a little bit, there's this weird defense of you, you, you need to appreciate everything that this person does. And I'm not really sure why that happens. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think information is essential here, right? Like before some of these quotes came out, we were just left to assume things about a 28-year-old player in the middle of his prime. Now, we know that there's a potential ankle injury that's looming, but but this doesn't it doesn't sound like this is the ankle. It's, it's plantar fasciitis. It's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But having this information is helpful because if we're just left with, as fans and media, if we're just left with uh, he's in the middle of his prime and he is struggling to hit over 200, He's struggling to have an above-average OPS. It's the worst season of his career. We've been through a little bit of this with Miguel Sano. Byron Buxton's probably more injury-driven. Where Max Kepler were just guys in their prime inexplicably just drop off the face of the earth, and you're left to wonder, why? Why are these guys, why are these guys not producing when they're 27, 28 years old? But with more information, we know now that, oh, God, he's, if he's telling the truth, which I assume he is, he's playing through more discomfort and more pain I have a little bit more empathy. I'm not going to sit here and tell fans like you're idiots. If you like, you want more from the, I think the booing is more, they want more from the twins. They want more from a $36 million player. You know, would it be better if he just sat out for five weeks and fixed it? You know, the problem is the twins have not been clear enough of the guardians for one of their best players and one of their best defensive players to just sit out for a long time. Of course, by grinding through the pain, he's one of their worst players in the lineup. Anyways, he's still been good defensively. But, like, I tie it back to Joe Maurer. Yeah. We, collectively, booed Joe Maurer because he wasn't producing for a couple years, and we didn't know why. And he didn't want to talk about it publicly. He had injuries and some health things that he didn't want to talk about. So when he grounded into a double play or hit, you know, a weak fly ball to left field, we'd boo his ass because he's making $23 million, he's not producing, and we don't know why. Well, at least we... like. At least we kind of know why now with Carlos Correa. Oh, he's playing through pain. So I'm not going to hammer fans for it, but I hope now that there's more information that we can be a little bit more nuanced in the way that we talk about Carlos Correa instead of just assuming that he's mailing it in after banking the $36 million contract. I don't think that's what I don't think we're dealing with a guy who's mailing it in and doesn't care. I think we're dealing with a guy quite the opposite who wants to be out there and wants to be contributing to winning. And somebody might have to step in at some point. It might be too late now because we're almost into September and say, dude, actually you could help the team by sitting out for like three weeks and getting your foot right. You know? Yeah. I think he's told the team that he won't because this team is predisposed to sit guys instantly like that. So it's my, I get, I'm guessing he said I signed, I'm playing and he's probably got the cachet to say that. Um, The one thing though, that I will question a little bit is, is this. Shannon Stewart played with the same exact problem in the Metrodome days on turf, which was worse. And I think it eventually ripped. And when it rips, you're fine. That's the weird thing. And Shannon Sturt was still productive at the plate. I don't know if this is like Correa can't run. The double plays are a product of this. There's no question yeah. about that. But I don't know if this is is truly like solely to blame for, for the fact that he's just having a lousy year at the plate. It doesn't help. But this is a running problem. And the reason why I question it is if he like couldn't really move, like if he couldn't hit, his fielding would not be this good. Like he's still making a ton of plays. And his range is not the best 
of of a shortstop, but it's still pretty damn good. And again, I'm crediting him. He's a hell of a shortstop. But I don't think I think that there might be some entities that are are like, okay, we've explained this away now. Now this is why every problem Correa has. I'm not buying this is completely the problem at the plate. I think it goes beyond that. I am buying that the double plays is because he can't run. And by August 31st, it's going to be September tomorrow. The Twins are off today. No one is healthy at this point. No one. Whether it's uh, you're dealing with plantar fasciitis, which is a significant injury, someone is. Everybody is sore. Everyone is bruised up. Everyone's nicked up. That's that's kind of the grueling season of a baseball year, right? Um, but you'd like to you'd like to think if they can sew up this division, the quicker, the sooner, the better, that they can rest these guys, right? Like you can get Kyle Farmer in there for two weeks in September, and you can rest Carlos Correa. So by the time this wild card series starts, um, you're not, you know, you only have like a 50% version of your, of your starting shortstop. So that's another reason why these losses, those two losses to Cleveland, especially Wednesday stink. Cause it just kind of delays the inevitable. Cause the twins are primed to probably clinch into the first division in the American league. Mm-hmm. So they can actually rest these guys. So they're healthy for the playoffs. Just on the booing thing though. Do you guys think does booing sometimes I think booing helps cause it lets the, it lets the management know it, it's a way of voicing your displeasure. Yeah. In this case, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something corny as hell right now. Did you guys see that clip like three weeks ago in Philadelphia, where Trey, Trey Turner was a huge yes. free agent signing for the Phillies, yeah. and he was having the worst year of his career in yes. the worst market to be underperforming, by the way. Yes, and it was like the first week in August, and Trey Turner comes walking up to the plate at Citizens Bank Ballpark, and those hard ass. Philadelphia sports fans who demand excellence, right? Or they'll they'll boo Santa Claus. They gave him a standing ovation. And -hmm. I think the idea actually started on social media of like, hey, let's use the power of our fandom to get behind the guy that's struggling and show him, hey, we love you, dude. Like, we're glad you're here. And, And Trey Turner even said, you know, that actually was really helpful. I'm really grateful that they did that. In the 24 games since he got that standing ovation, Trey Turner's OPS is 1,100. He's hitting 365 with 19 extra base hits in 24 games. In those 24 games, he's only had two games that he hasn't tallied a hit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like, the fans kind of inspired Trey. Like, maybe he was a little nervous the first few months, new setting, new everything, and it just, you know, you're moving your family, everything. And the fans got up collectively and let him know, hey, man, we got your back. I don't know. I don't know if Minnesota sports fans are like that cohesive or that. I, sometimes I feel like we're a little bit more casual in the way that we follow certain. Like Vikings is probably different. Yeah. So I don't know that we would ever do that for Carlos Correa, but I would personally rather see that with Carlos Correa than booing him for grounding into another double play in terms of what would be productive. I, but I don't think he's getting booed enough to like galvanize this thing and flip it. And so, like, like if he was being, if, if the stadium was fuller, which it's not, and he was being universally booed, then I think what you're saying has a possibility. But it's still, like, it's not like the stadium is electric with boos. So I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, like, Philadelphia is a different city. Like, that is, because it's so, and I don't, I don't mean to say that we aren't, but unless it's the Vikings, we sort of aren't. That city is so passionate for its sports teams. 
and and we are passionate for the Vikings. But beyond that, I don't know if you have that 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 you know just hardcore Twins fan, or it's like your whole identity. It feels like. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you know it's a seventy five year old who's had season tickets since the Met here, and eighty year old who's had season tickets. Some frat boys who got some seats at Twins games. You know, in Philadelphia, I think it's so much more galvanized because it's seen as such a rough sports town. You know what, though? On that note, on the, the season ticket note, one thing I, I think we need to sign Judd up for, you know how, like, before the game sometimes they'll bring out featured season ticket holders? They'll say, you know, here's Barbara, who's been a 20-year season yep. ticket holder going yep. back to the Metronome, yep. and then yep. Barbara gets to run out to left field and hang out with Matt Walner during the, yep. the yep. pre-inning warm-ups. Or, yep. like, go hang out at third base with Royce Lewis. Can we get Judd out there? Here's – it's Judd Zolgad. No. He's been – No, because a- <laughs> I'd be booed. I'd be booed. And I can't run, take the run his ass out to center field. Oh, God, I'd <laughs> fall down. But, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys, I did get some uh, um, controversial scoopage this week during a trip to Target Field. I think it was on Sunday for that game. Did you know that – the twins are now on their third TC the Bear because TC the Bear too was pilfered by this team and is now Victor the Viking. What? TC the Bear too. So there, there's the first guy who was there forever. Who oh I feel you you actually you know saw. Yeah. You know what? Victor. I was at the game on Friday night last week. Okay. Yeah. I thought about this. So this is a, so I watched TC one <laughs> every single day covering that beat for and years just, and years. And, and that dude him. was super athletic. I did actually walk in on him changing one time on accident. One time. I did too. I've seen with his I never saw. In 2015. It was quite I communicated with him. I never saw him. Yeah. So he used to hit bombs. He was clearly super athletic. And then TC2 looked like he kind of stepped in and was athletic and ready to rock and roll. So they brought out a couple season ticket holders to throw a first pitch out on Friday. And it dude. struck me, dude. Like someone bounced a pitch, and, and this TC bear acted like, he had never fielded a ground ball or anything okay. in his life. And the ball went to the backstop. And I was like, that's what? That's, that's a great catch because my source told me this guy can't catch. <laughs> I knew so, like, it. You just nailed it. I knew it on Friday. I said, it to, I said it to my wife. Week. I was like, I feel like TC, is TC like having a back problem or something? They didn't vet it. This guy, this guy can't catch. No, I've been, I was told by my source, watch what you just said. The first pitches and, and, TC the Bear catches some of them, but this person said, watch the first pitches. Exactly what Phil just said, Declan. This TC the Bear cannot catch the baseball. I spotted it from the bar in left field. We were literally wow. like watching. I was like, wow. Oh my I've God. Never, I don't like know a, if I've ever seen a ball go to the bat. That was a really easily fieldable one hop. You're like a standard. bird dog scout for mascots, dude. <laughs> you're like a cross checker. Can't get it past the score on our twin show. Try to sneak those new mascots in. But Victor is TC the Bear, too. Vikings pilfered him. They stole him. Is Victor just going to be hitting softball bombs before games this year? Or They got, they can't get rid of that skill set, you know? Did, did TC the Bear, too, did they? I, I remember the first guy was like a great oh, just, uh, It was like Jim Tomey in a yeah. bear suit or something. Yeah, he was, he was an awesome dude. I don't remember seeing TC the Bear, too. I, I haven't. I've been to a couple Saturday night games, which is when they ordinarily do that softball home run hitting contest. I don't remember seeing it this season, but I, no, I might have missed it. I mean, it. if you if you can't catch, can you hit you can't bombs? Hit. I don't know. No, no. Just run around and be a mascot, I guess. I you figured just, it out. It's Edward Julian's side job. <laughs> he's teasing he's the bear out three. There at, he's out there at second base. Just, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
TC. <laughs> First guy was great. Him and I were great buddies in 2015 when I did <laughs> when I worked for MLB Advanced Media, and uh, there was one time where Al Franken was like doing a speech, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Al Franken loves to gloat on the microphone a little bit, and he leans over to me and just goes. Holy cow! Wrap it up, Al, <laughs> and just just trying to get the free hit in the ma- in going. the mascot it, suit. It like leaned over to me, just <laughs> wrap it up, Al. Dude, mascot life is a whole thing. Judd, do you remember? I think it's been long enough. We can tell this story. Uh, Mike Grimm told us a story one time about the Gopher Athletics. Yes. They were doing some yes. tour, like the annual Gopher tour around the state, kind of like the Twins tour, you know, the caravan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was like maybe five people on this bus just traveling around it was like mike Grimm, and then it was like a coach just everyone knew each other and then there athletic was athletic department official right yeah uh yeah an athletic department official of some kind and yeah. then there was a, like a college-aged kid on the bus as well there's like maybe six people and so they get off the bus they go over here you know they go to their uh, stop and then at the event there'd be a goldie gopher like a goldie gopher would just be out there doing his thing and hanging out with the kids and spinning his head right <laughs> and then they get back on the bus and again it would just be like the people from the athletic department and grim and then like the college age kid and so grim goes back and sits next to this kid on the bus and he's like so uh what's it like what's it like uh Kind of doing this, you know, and the kid's like, what are you talking about? And Grimm's like, I mean, like, you know, being Goldie, like, it must, must be kind of cool, right? Being Goldie, he goes, he look, just deadpans him right in the face and says, I'm not Goldie. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he was, he was, he was yes. told, you do not tell anybody that you're Goldie. But there's multiple Goldies, but you don't tell your girlfriend, you don't tell your yeah. parents, you don't tell anyone. The second part of that, though, was was um, I think Mike told us that Goldie at an event like signed someone's body part, like an arm or oh, something. Yeah, and got in trouble. And and so on the bus, the athletic official went back to the kid and is like, you know, you cannot be doing that. You can't. And the kid's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You'll have to talk to Goldie about that. Yeah. Last, oh, uh, genius. La- last thing on the mascots here from what I remember, too, is so when I worked at the Saints, uh, at the time at least, Mudana, the you know, big pig mascot, who I even saw last night, I don't know if it's the same person, but like that person who played Mudana at least played like SpongeBob at MOA Park. She had like a bunch of different costumes that she would like, it's like a professional things. mascot. Yeah. Yeah. She was working all these probably mascot jobs. Yeah. It's probably yeah. great money. Yeah, do you get like a 401k as a professional mascot? There's a union. Sure. There has to be a mascot. A union? There has to be. Collective bargaining be. agreement? Yeah. Go on strike. <laughs> strike is a mascot, though. What? I, I said go on strike and strike oh, as a mascot. Like so on like the TC the Bears okay. on the picket line as TC Bear. <laughs> Pay the bear. Uh, okay, speaking of the St. Paul Saints, so Declan, before we get to the Immaculate Grid, which features the Twins today, Give us your report. You were there last night. Byron Buxton was in center field for the first time in a year. Kirloff was in the lineup. Uh, so what was uh, – Buxton didn't really get any action, though, in center field, right? What, what did we no. see? Uh, from what I saw at, at the plate, at least, starting from there, just very comfortable. It drew a couple of walks. You, you can tell that Byron's a big leaguer, you know, playing some AAA games, which which happens. It's normal once you're kind of an experienced big league guy. Um, and then the, and then the field – uh, Dave Festa, I believe, is it? Uh, Festa, who was just called up from Double A, making his start on the mound for the Saints, was the starting pitcher. He actually played very well, but 
almost all of his stuff was on the ground. So Festa gave up a bomb and then almost back-to-back bombs. The one that went off the wall that Royce was talking about was doubled off, and he just gingerly went to it. I think he thought it was going to be out. Um, and then he would just, just got very light work in center field. So mostly just kind of you know swinging a bat, getting loose a little bit. I do agree with Pat. Not a great first game in a vacuum for Alex Kirloff. Uh, rolled over a couple of really just weak ground balls to first. He did get an RBI, uh, but you're definitely going to want to see that guy get a lot more swings and get more comfortable, I think, before you rush him back here. And I think, thankfully, the Twins offense has been, I know last yesterday that's had four hits, but they're not in a hurry necessarily to get him back in the lineup. That being said, I want Alex Kirloff at 100% and not rushing him back anytime soon either. Yeah, unless that division lead starts to shrink to like two games yeah. or something, then you get a little panicky. But as of right now, I treat a five-game lead over the Guardians like a 12-game lead over a real baseball team. I know they just sure. took two out of three, but it's baseball. So get these guys. Yeah, if he needs like six games down there to get right, don't rush him back for and both the, those guys. The Guardians also, uh, if you look at their September schedule, it's fairly difficult. Like, the Twins should go go in two or three there, for, first of all, okay? Yeah. Go take two next week in Cleveland. But if you look at the if you look at the comparable schedules, like the Twins have a lot of soft teams. They got White Sox. They got the Mets. Um, I think they got Kansas City left. So th- this would be one of the more epic meltdowns. I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to take place. But if they did meltdown, the Twins did, this would be one of the more epic meltdowns because it's going to be – I mean, Cleveland is – was trying to gift you the division. Yeah, and they were trying to gift you two out of three minimum, you know, yeah, this week. Right. You 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 probably could have won all three games if you start to do some, you know, mental well, gymnastics, but do we do we know just to go back to the Wednesday loss very briefly here, do we know who called the pitch when Duran, who has a hundred and four mile an hour fastball through that breaking pitch behind Naylor? I mean, Jeffers got blamed. I don't even know if Jeffers calls the pitches. The dugout might call I, the pitches. Yeah, but I how, don't know. But how do you not have Duran? Again, these are things that lose you baseball games. If Duran, if Naylor hits a Duran 104-mile-an-hour fastball with two strikes, you know what? He beats you fair and square. Yeah. Which I'm comfortable with, by the way. But when you're getting cute, what are you doing? Like, the, this, this type of stuff that drives me crazy because, to me, it's self-inflicted. It's also like there's it's almost like there's a weird fear of the of of like, oh, man, they're gearing up for my fastball. Right. So I got to throw them off. It's like, no, when you have the best fastball in Major (laughs) League Baseball, just throw it. Just throw it in these situations. And if like you said, if they beat you, wouldn't you rather them? Wouldn't you rather a guy gear up and hit a 103 mile an hour pitch down the line or over the fence? You could live with that a little bit more than like a secondary pitch that you're that you don't have a comfort or a good feel for at the moment. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quote, I think the quote of the day yesterday that I saw through various outlets, Chris Paddock. So Chris Paddock still under team control, by the way, team control. He uh, has not pitched much since the twins acquired him via Taylor Rogers. Emilio Pagan was part of that trade too. Uh, so he had Tommy John surgery. He's been out for 15 months. So he missed basically what he missed all of last year and then, or a huge chunk of last year. And then uh, pretty much all this year. So he said, quote, there's a lot of people that have forgotten about me. I'm about to show the world here in four weeks what Chris Paddock's been doing for the past 15 months. In the third person. God I love this it. guy, dude. I, let's bring him. this dude back. Like, uh, 
what's his name? Wild thing, Ricky Vaughn. Let's get him like the skull glasses, you know, the leather, the leather vest on the way out. Let's get Chris Paddock back here for the playoffs. Oh my God. Chris Paddock. I'm trying to deduct like, uh, like I like confidence bravado in athletes, but I like it from only certain people. And I'm trying to figure out how much I should put into the Chris Paddock of the world who's made three starts with the Twins and is talking about himself in the third person as if he's Mariano <laughs> Rivera coming out of the bullpen. Basically. A lot of people have forgotten yeah. about Chris Paddock, and I'm here to show him. I love it, man. This team needs more of this. They need more of Chris they Paddock. They do. Well, that's why they've got him under team control for the next <laughs> 60 years. You don't know what he's been through, okay? He's coming back. He's, uh, he, you might have forgotten about who Chris Paddock is, so don't be throwing boo-birds at him either. He's ready yeah. to go. So, so he is saying that he's going to be back basically well, for October. Are they really yes. going to just like run him out there after not pitching in the majors Duke, for he was skeptical. 16 months? Dugues, I believe, said on the scoops about three weeks ago he was skeptical of that, and the Twins are too. But yeah. you know what? He will be back in spring training to take Sonny Gray's spot because Sonny Gray might just flat out put on his tennis shoes and run out of town. Did you see his press conference, his post-game press conference yesterday? I did not see it. Well, first of all, I did not hear him asked how he felt about being pulled after seven. I think he was at 81 pitches, no runs. But his demeanor, he looked like he wanted to rip someone's head off. I love that about Sonny Gray. I I, I ride or die with Sonny Gray, man. He is wound tight. He is wound tight. But you know what? In that case... If he was pissed off, which I'm guessing he was, I don't blame him. Yeah. He leads the AL in ERA. I know. But 2.9A? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The the other news, too, out of just yeah. in terms of pitching, it sounds like Louis Varland is officially beginning his transition to the bullpen in St. Paul. They're going to try and get him, like, two, three innings at a time, bring him down from, like, the starting uh, innings load. Because if he does have a role on this team in a month from now, it likely won't be as a starting pitcher because – Joe Ryan's back. Kenta Maeda is here. They got enough guys. They might bring Bailey over back into the rotation at some point. So, I mean, Louis Varland, hey, man, you got 35 or 40 pitches. Empty the gas tank. That's a fastball that might be tough to hit. But I like that they're spending a month trying to figure out, can he get used to coming in, you know, with a couple guys on base, pitching out of the stretch more often, et cetera. Two strike breaking pitches, Phil. That's the key to life. Just throw breaking pitches. Bounce them. (laughs) Bounce them like Duran did. Again, don't get cute. God, I hate when people get cute. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what you worry about with the Twins going into the playoffs is getting too cute. Uh, all right, it's enough enough waiting around here, boys. The Twins are on the Immaculate Grid today, presented by ourselves, the scorenorth.com slash shop collectible section. Scorenorth.com slash shop. We've got the merchandise wing, and we've got collectibles. And you can find all sorts of amazing things to buy right now, courtesy of Universal Sports Auctions. I see there's a TJ Hawkinson autographed jersey. He just signed a lucrative new contract to be the Vikings' long-term tight end. In terms of baseball stuff, we've got a Sandlot cast autographed jersey, a Torrey Hunter custom-signed white twins jersey, and some other fun things. I love the Nolan Ryan-Robin Ventura fist fight signed and framed photo. That's pretty cool for a man cave. Gotcha. Check that out. Randy Quaid, man. The, the bleepers full is my all-time favorite one, I think. I, I absolutely love that one. Signed, right? That thing is signed. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Ventura so, just got his ass kicked, too. That was a great fight. Hey, uh, he bleeped around and found out yes, going out yes. to Nolan Ryan. Con- that's country strong right there. <laughs> 
Noel so you Ryan, can man. you can check out these collectibles again at scorenorth.com slash shop and click on collectibles. And uh, yeah, thanks for supporting us here on the Scornor Twin Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, boys. We successfully all avoided doing the Immaculate Grid Challenge on a day where so our controversy from last week. Were, uh, were, oh, we weren't supposed to do it? Uh, I'm calling your bluff, Judd. Calling your bluff. I'm going to put six minutes on the clock. Okay. okay. We'll go. put this up on the screen here for the YouTubers. So here's what we're looking. Oh, and the Cubs, too, dude. Anytime the Cubs and the Twins are on the grid at the same time. Okay. It's uh, it's, it's low on. score. It's low score time, yeah, boys. Yeah, low score time. Exactly. Right. So okay. So and it's Judd's wheelhouse because there's no statistical categories. It's I just teams. It. So we're looking yes. for a twin who was also once a brave, a twin who was once a Met, and a twin who was once a Cub. We're looking for a pirate who was once a brave, a pirate who was once a Met, and a pirate who was once a Cub. And a Ray, God, the Rays are kind of spoiling this. A Ray who was once a brave, a Ray who was a Met, and a Ray who was a Cub. Judd, Thank any you. complaints or gripes about the grid that we need to get off our chest here before we start? We know you like to complain about the. Well, the Rays, I don't, I don't like the Rays, but that's fine. You know what? This is overall a great grid. Like I love this challenge. So we're looking to go nine for nine, but I think in this case, because the Twins and the let's Cubs are on the grid, the, let's go low score with those teams. A rarity square, the most, but the most rare players we can think of. So I'm going to put six minutes it. on the clock. Let's be calculated here, okay? Calculated okay. and commutative. Yes. So my suggestion for twin who was a brave is reliever Steve Bedrosian, bedrock, played for a bunch of teams. So the one that I had in my head for obscure was Otis Nixon, but I think yours is more obscure than mine. Yeah, bedrock. Spell, uh, his last B-E-D. name. B-E-D. B-E-D. There he is. All right, let's see. Here. We good on that? Yeah, yep. I'm good yeah. on this. I'm good with that, too. That's obscure. Two. Two, I thought. Okay, wow. That'd be lower than that. Me, too. Uh, for Mets and Twins, I was going to go with Tyner. Ooh, the two I had written down for sure here, just off the top, were Jesse Orozco and Mike Pelfrey. Yep, and Jerry Kuzman is the Tyner other one. Tyner might be the play, dude. Yep, I'd, I'd love to know what Orozco is, but he's he's got to be he, he's an immaculate grid darling. So Tyner's probably the best one. Zero point two. Yes, at a boy. Nice, nice, nice. So, God, there's so many Twins Cubs options. Yeah, um, we we've had this on the grid before. I did I did Pat Mahomes Senior one time, and that was a good one. Okay. Uh, Terry Mulholland. That's Ron another. Da- that's another great one. Ron okay. Davis. Ron Davis. Coom Dog. Coom's gonna yeah. be probably a little. Higher I think Coom's high. A little higher. Because Kevin, he's Kevin Tappany. Yeah, that's another one. Might be a little high, actually, because he was on a World Series team. So who'd you say before? I said said Terry Mulholland. Dude, I love Terry Mulholland. That's super obscure. He's a great immaculate grid guy. Did Mike Morgan pitch for the Twins? Yes. He he pitched for both teams. Mike Morgan might be a – what do you think? I feel like we're on the right track here. 78 to 02. Should we do it? That's got to be below 1%, right? 
rarity scores. Right, come on, go. come on. One. One percent. One percent. Okay. Okay. I got screwed on Bajorian. I'm sort of pissed about that. So three point two percent overall. I think the lowest yeah. rarity score we've had is like, I think the I think the Vinster wants to leave. Bye, Vinny. The Vinster has to leave. Who's a good boy? Have we ever gotten below? We got below fifty a couple days yeah. ago, and we got like a forty-nine yeah. or something. Pirate Brave Sid Bream played for both teams. Sid Bream did. That might be a little high, but we should go with it. Let's go with it. Eighteen. <sighs> yeah, that's high. Pirate. Let's let's finish out the Cubs. The Cubs here. Uh, okay. Okay. So Aramis Ramirez would. Yep. Be, that's probably a high one though, right? Yeah, but that's a good think, one. Probably fifteen percent. It it it's probably from between like ten and fifteen percent, because he was a pretty good player. Right. Okay. Twenty. Twenty uh, percent. That's okay. That's okay. I have an obscure one for Cub who was a Ray. Okay. I love the mid nineties Cubs, and Ray Sanchez was a Cubs middle infielder, like a R- utility R-E- guy. R E A. R E A Sanchez. He also R- played for. The Mets, the Rays. No, R E Y. I'm sorry. R E Y Sanchez. Sorry, my bad. I said R E A. Love it. Point two. Oh, dude, dude, let's go. We're cooking. We're cooking with gas right now. Three minutes left, boys. Okay. A Met. Is did did uh, Jesse Orozco pitch for the Pirates? I don't think he did. I don't remember him as a Pirate. Edwin Jackson pitched for the Rays. Didn't he also pitch for the Braves? It might be an Edwin Jackson day. Eddie Rosario, he didn't play for the Rays. Uh, did oh Dan? Did Dan Johnson play for the oh, Braves? Fred, Fred Dan Mc... Johnson hit the epic home run. Did, in, did uh... Dan Johnson play for the Braves? Dan Johnson. He played for the, played for the, the Rays. For, I know he played for with the, the Rays. Rays. Yeah, yeah, he did. The crime crime the crime dog, dog played for both. Is, it'll be a yeah. high one. The but... crime dog. But I mean, it's a sure thing. Rays and Rays, right? Yeah. Yeah, he played for both. Fred McGriff. That's probably going to be a little high, but yeah, it's going to be twenty percent. Oh, seventeen. Okay. Not so bad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, Mets and Pirates. These Rays ones are so ridiculous. Did like Al Leiter play for the Rays in the early? You know, these like these weird Rays teams. Yeah, you know. Oh, I think you're. I think you're right. I don't know. He was played for the, no, it was Marlins. He played. It was Mar. He played Marlins okay, okay, and Mets. Okay. okay. Um, all right. Who played for the Mets and Pirates? There has to be. A, there has to be somebody who is who I can draw from. Pirates. Pedro Alvarez. Did Pedro Alvarez make his way to the Mets? Oh, what about pitchers. What about starting Jason pitchers? Bay? Yep. Jason Bay for the Mets and Mets and, right Mets and Pirates. Good call. That's okay. going to be high. We're kind of, yeah, we're kind of. That's okay. It is what it is. 14. Okay, 14. 14. That's fine. It's not bad. All right. We got a minute left for a Met who was a Ray. Dex, I'm going to count on you more than me for this because you've got a better recent memory than I do. A Met who was a Ray. Believers. Kyle Farnsworth. Oh, man. Did you that, would have been a, that would have been a good Ray who was a Cub. But not as good as Ray Sanchez. Um, Thanks. Way to patch yourself on that. Ray Sanchez. Ray Sanchez. Ah man, Farnsworth. Turk. Uh, did Turk Wendell pitch for the uh pitch for the Rays? For sure. I don't remember him as a. This also could be a Rich Hill square. 
Did he pitch for the Mets? Yeah, I think so. Did he? That would have been another <laughs> uh, Rays Cubs one. Ten seconds. Well, if you pitch for the Mets, it would have been a Pirates Mets one too. Um. Oh gosh. I'm gonna go Farnsworth. Okay. Yeah, okay. trust me. Pull no, I don't, because I I don't. <laughs> but it's fine. Pull the trigger. It is what it is. Oh, let's yes! go! Yes, and a boy, and a boy. I trust I never you. lost faith in you, Dad. Who trusted ever. you? Who trusted you? Ah. Can't trust you? I told you I trusted you. Farnsworth. Oh, and look Kyle at that picture. And look at that picture. Dude. He's gonna kick, he's gonna come through the macular grid and kick your ass, Phil. Dude, he is, and I, I've seen him like on social media the last few years. So he's still jacked. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, Eddie Rosario, Johan Santana, up. and Latroy Hawkins were the most popular. Uh, but only nine for Twins. Like there's so many Twins. Only fifty-six percent got them. So many. And there is a hundred and sixty-three combinations between the Twins. I mean, there's a, yeah. and that's Cubs. one of the easiest ones, I think. But of course, Twins. We know Twins. So Ben Zobrist, ben <laughs> yeah. Charlie oh. Morton, Victor Zambrano. Yeah, that's a Remember good one. Victor Zambrano, Bobby Bo. I didn't recall Zambrano as a Ray. Yep, he, that's where I think. Pretty sure that's where he started. Actually, he was a Bobby Benny. Well, good job, boys. Hey, nice work, boys. Twins on the grid gets your gets your day and your blood pumping a little bit here. Um, we will tomorrow. We'll do an episode on the waiver news, one way or the other. Can the Twins get their hands on these free players? Basically, not quite free, but like they don't have to give up anything trade wise. From the Angels, and we'll do a little feedback Friday tomorrow. If you guys could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel and give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can help us continue to grow the Score North Twin Show.